Okay, so we have been changing things up a bit this year and starting with a question that we get from a lot of the people that we coach. So the last two episodes, we covered a question. And today, the question is, how do you lead a group mm. of very different people? That's a tough one. That is a tough question because you could go a lot of different directions too. Totally. Because you're like, the, you want to know exactly how? Well, first of all, it's going to be relative to where you're at and your personality and things like that. But I thought I would start with this really interesting story that happened to me recently when I was training for a mm. PR group out in DC. So we were doing this personality assessment called Insights Discovery, which mm. I, I freaking love. It's just it's all these different colors. But mm -hmm. When you go through it, you sometimes will check in with the, the crowd and say, like, what are some of the observations? What's standing out to you from what you've learned so far? Uh -huh. And I had this one leader just raise his hand and he was like one of the partners. Hmm. And he just said, Sunday, I cannot believe after going through this, because I had them meet with their teams, that as I interview people, I specifically am trying to find people who aren't like me. So I'm like thinking, I need diversity on my team, different ways of thinking, different ways of approaching the process. And here I sit with a team full of all reds. The point was he intentionally mm. tried to interview people who were different than him and still landed with an entire team just like him. He's like, so basically I, I, I hire me. Yeah, I hire me. <laughs> I was not surprised at that at all. So he was like, I've got to shake something up in my interviewing process. I've got to figure it out because even when I'm trying not to, I'm still attracted to me. Yeah. Mm. And so that story really popped out at me as I was prepping for it because we are the most comfortable with ourself, our leadership style, and the way that we communicate and do things is what's what what seems right actually. And yeah. that's actually the wrong part <laughs> right. yeah. is that, that we feel like our way is the right way. We, we intuitively know that that's not the case. Like if you're like learned about leadership, that's not the case, but even subconsciously, sometimes we just do it. We yeah. just think, yeah. Oh, I love the way. Well, and so much of that stuff happens on a subconscious level yes. yeah. all day long. It's like when we talk to people about, um, you know, different team norms and like, Oh, you know, call the meeting mode in a meeting mm -hmm. to avoid conflict. But then you go throughout your week and you you actually hit those bump up against that hundreds of times and never think to implement it because it's kind of just happening at a subconscious level. Yes. Like I'm brainstorming and you're trying to decide and we're, we're, we're we just got out of our training about how to call <laughs> the meeting mode those. and we don't do it because it's just kind of like happening, you know? Yeah, it's just happening. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to be focusing on today relative to that story is that we do first have to know ourselves mm -hmm. in order to lead others. Uh, that are very different around us. All right, member shout out. So Jay had a really cool story. I think I love to when people share them with us. Sometimes love we it. have to kind of remember what happened and, and write it down. But uh, Jay was sharing with us that he, you know, one of his goals in coaching was he wanted to eventually get promoted to a higher level. And so for him, the next steps were all about like growing his team in, able, in order to get to that next level. Yeah. And what happened in the coaching was realizing, oh, I actually need to approach my leadership chain with a proposal and a plan and kind of like strategize with them, which I love. You know, I love the kind of co-creating uh, co mm -hmm. approach. By the way, I was not involved in any of this, so <laughs> I'm not like kudos to myself. I just I love when that happens because I think it's a really smart an effective way to do it. Mm. But he, so he kind of made that plan in the coaching session and then talked to his leadership chain, kind of co-created with them a plan. Mm. And not only did it move from like nothing was happening to they said, hey, next month, 
um, we want you to step into, you know, this next level. Mm. But it actually all resulted in him being able to get on a promotion path that was going to be a year sooner than what it was going to be. So um, I thought that was a really cool just example of how he stepped into that intentionality and then like saw immediate results actually yeah. because hmm. he was just getting intentional and, and had a plan. That's such an encouraging one. What I love hearing about that one is that it was about helping him strategize around the conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that we get so many coaching clients who just ask us how to have conversations? Oh, mm. that's such a huge one. Yeah, it is. It's funny, like if my family or something is trying to understand what coaching looks like, mm. I, I think of that sometimes. Like, yeah. well, a lot of times it's just kind of like practicing what you're going to say yeah. <laughs> or it, coming up mm -hmm. with how you're going to approach something. Right. What should I say? Empowering them to do it, giving them a place to practice. And if they hadn't had the conversation, this wouldn't happen. Oh, so man. I love it. Shout out, Jay. Nice yep. work. Mm -hmm. Back to our question around leading a whole bunch of different people. I thought what I would begin with, I just mentioned before that you have to know yourself. Okay, so how do you, first of all, I mean, mm -hmm. I know we live with ourselves, but what are ways that you guys throughout the years have just tried to know yourself more? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, this is actually, I love this question because it'll show up so different for different personalities. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait to see yeah. what you say, Jacqueline, because mm -hmm. I'm the first thought that came to my mind was a lot of times I will read books or listen to to talks or hmm. read papers, not for the content of the message, mm -hmm. but because it sparks other thoughts for me. Oh, yeah. That's just yeah. how my brain works. I'm a dot connector. So like I will listen yeah. to a podcast episode, hmm. totally not remember what they said, but it'll actually like spark something for me in terms of self-awareness or like a new idea. So that's often um, an approach for me. Yeah. I, um, I feel like this is a newer like practice for me of like, knowing myself I'm still pretty young especially in my career too and I think I'm just learning yeah what exactly does that look like and I think I've been keying into and Steve you've talked about this before but it's been a while since you've uh taught on it but just noticing just trying to pay yeah. attention like throughout the day sure how and where do I show up mm -hmm. and what does that what does that look like how do I feel mm -hmm. about it? but trying not to like uh pass any judgment or draw right. any conclusions from it. Just simply notice, oh, wow, I got more keyed up in that meeting because yeah. I was really passionate mm -hmm. about what the project was or, yeah. you know, whatever. So, yeah. Which is huge. It mm -hmm. feels in, in a culture that's so action-based, yeah. it feels so passive. Like, what do you mean you noticed? How'd you do that? And no, it's like, and even no, as that I'm is actually it, the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it totally feels not actionable yeah, at yeah. all. But it's, yeah, it's, but it really yeah. is. It really is. Mm -hmm. And we have a practice as a team where we do that every mm -hmm. week. When yeah. we do our planning at the end of the week, we say, mm -hmm. what did you learn? And it's funny because it's almost like, <laughs> it's like it can happen mm -hmm. in religion where it's such a pattern for us now that sometimes you just get lazy and you're just like, I don't know, I learned this and this. But if you actually yeah. like engage with the process, mm -hmm. yeah. it becomes very formative in terms mm -hmm. of like self-awareness and growth. Mm -hmm. Another practice that we have and that we help teams with is um, regular feedback. And I think for me, one way I try to um, gain out of that is mm -hmm. just by like my practice has become when someone shares feedback or maybe I'm even just like noticing a, a hint of something sure. is kind of like trying to draw more out, say, saying things like, oh, thanks for sharing mm -hmm. that. Because then you'll tell me more. Mm. Whereas, you know, if you're like, mm -hmm. we're all hesitant to give feedback sometimes. And then if I react negatively, you're not going to share more. <laughs> but if I'm like, oh, thanks for sharing that, you'll probably tell me more. Yeah. yeah. And then mm -hmm. I can actually learn something from mm -hmm. 
Hmm. What about you? I, I just, it's been such a journey of notice mm-hmm. of knowing to how to notice myself. But I think I do a lot of like, how did I feel in that moment? Mm-hmm. Being aware of it. But of course I'm freaking crazy about all personality assessments <laughs> yeah. and people who are like, Oh, on them. It's not, the main thing about it is that it just brings more awareness to myself totally, so that I actually can be a better leader. Mm-hmm. One of the very first big aha ones I had in my twenties when I took one of them, maybe it was Myers was that I was like a butterfly and that, um, I could just fly from one place to another land, fly away, land, and finish absolutely nothing. <laughs> and it was just like wait, I that's such a was, funny picture. I was like, but you can dead totally, yeah, on. yeah, you can totally yeah. picture it totally. for sure. I, yeah, I, I motivate this group of flowers, and then I'm like, <laughs> I motivate this group of flowers, and I'm like, see, ya. I know? am loving how the metaphor <laughs> itself is actually spot on too. Yeah, it feels yeah. very spot on. But I and I could have been like, what? Yeah. You poor little sad girl that can't. But no, and then I thought, all right. So what? Mm. That must be how I'm showing up sometimes. So mm. what can I do opposite of that to make sure that I put processes in place? Mm. And you guys have been just amazing at that for me. I've finished more things in my life ever than when I've been a part of greenhouse because you've tapped into the opposite sides mm. of me. But I've also just pushed myself. The process. Yeah. Yeah. It mm. it makes me think. You got me reflecting now. Like personality assessments, I agree. They're so helpful. Mm -hmm. They can definitely become dogmatic or be used. Like to type you. Yeah. That's not how I see it. Right. Or to, to... for blame or for yeah, like right. excuses. Oh, I'm but not, all that aside, sorry, I can't finish anything. <laughs> yeah. It says so in the personality yeah. assessment. Yeah. But all that aside, I think what makes them so helpful, like I'm just thinking about in reality, it's not me taking it. It's me taking the same one, like uh, the team, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. me and my wife, like taking the same one. Yes. It's the if you're doing it together with the people you're around mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. then it kind of finds its way into the conversation mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, that's probably every day at home we're saying some kind of personality reference. Oh, me too. To something, mm-hmm. but that's what helps us to kind of start seeing. Right. So the there's patterns. a season of life sometimes where it's just about individual awareness, and but when you get into leadership and also working with a team, I love that. Like, yeah, it's good. To see also that same story that I told you with that group yeah. with Insights Discovery at the end of it or about three fourths in, I made everyone stand up and stand in four sections of the room. Oh yeah. Relative to, I want my blues over there, my reds over here. And there was two blues and hundreds of reds. There was only 50 people there. So I'm totally exaggerating. Do you get what I'm saying? And there was like tons of yellows and very few greens. So I stood in the middle and I was like, blues, what do the reds need from you? Reds, what do the yellows? And I went around and did this thing. And it's because we will always lead naturally, like if I'm a sunshine yellow, as a sunshine yellow. But those blues do not need me to do that for them all the time. Yeah. It's so good. Gosh, that's so good. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that exercise where you kind of visually show oh, like, the distribution yes, and then the distribution talk about the company. it. Yeah, yeah. And it was no surprise with a PR group that there was a lot of yellows and reds, which are bright right. and more extroverted than, than the other two because that's what they do, right? Yeah. So on that one, I feel like step one, if you ask me, how mm-hmm. do I lead a team with a whole bunch of different people is start by making sure you know yourself because you can't adjust if you don't truly know yourself. And by the way, you'll keep learning about yourself. You'll never stop, but really make sure that you've gotten some feedback that you've tapped in there too. So I thought the next thing I would do is I thought I would just call out and feel free to jump in here with what are some of the just obvious different things that I notice 
that people is mm. one of it that is obvious is the introvert and the extrovert, right? We've talked about this one to death, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but it's just extroverts will sometimes speak out loud to think and introverts will hold in their thoughts and then have their best thoughts later. So they will think more internally. So if you are not thinking about how you lead, or if you're only expecting your team to lead like you, you could assume that the quiet people in the room are not contributing very much. And that is not the case. They're mm. just not doing it like you. So here's some other ones. Uh -huh. We're motivated by different things, right? Mm -hmm. um, some people process information differently than I do, right? Some people, this one is so, so interesting. Some people just wake up every morning with a competitive mindset mm -hmm. and some people just want to get along. Mm. So it's just like, like if you're not thinking of like, mm. I could be annoyed by I got to figure out you. If I'm your leader, I need to know if you're motivated by competition or if you're motivated by getting along. Yep. Two that come to my mind. Wow, that's fascinating. Some want to talk. Some want to be freaking left alone. <laughs> <laughs> know those people. Don't annoy them with every little thought that you're having um, because it's actually, especially if you're their leader, they're afraid to say sometimes, you're actually completely botching my, my concentration by telling me every thought that you're thinking. So know them, mm -hmm. ask them. And I actually talk about at the end of this is putting together a bit of a basic questionnaire for new hires. So we'll, we'll cover that a little yeah. bit as well. Um, let me see. Some are very urgent in their personality and some are like lackadaisical. They know when to be urgent, but it's not in their nature to mm. be naturally urgent. Mm. Mm. Some people focus on people. Some people focus on tasks. Some people focus on process and others on outcome. I mean, that's four different. I was going to say that alone could cause so many conflicts yeah. too, or, or missing, um, maybe missing the end goal. If you're not aware mm -hmm. of what everyone is motivated by, mm -hmm. that's Absolutely. really interesting. Like, even if you just ask those four, uh -huh. when someone is hired, which one, mm. when you wake up in the morning, do you focus more on the people around you, the outcomes, the tasks? Yeah. What was the other one? I can't remember. Wait, can we like pause there for a second? Like, yeah. what would y'all say personally? Oh. Like, what are the four again? So it's people, tasks, process, or outcomes. Mm -hmm. mm. People, tasks, and process, mm -hmm. or outcomes. And I'm sure I'm, for me, it definitely, I think about different uh, different things that I'm doing throughout the day probably yeah. shift. But I would say without thinking about that, I would say people. Mm. Like just people first. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, mine is people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree definitely that it shifts depending on what I'm working on. But I would say if I was like to wake up and start thinking about work, mm -hmm. I think about the people. Mm -hmm. But then I would say very, very close behind that is outcomes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I am very thankful yeah. for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely let's yeah. see. Well, um, and I think one thing to note on this is <clears throat> because I know when I was first hearing these messages and in trainings about this topic. Yeah. I remember being really frustrated. And I was the type who would kind of sit and think deeply and have all these notes and then like come up to the to the instructor at the afterward. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was one of those annoying people. There's like yeah. always two or three like come up afterward yep. and the person's like, I'm spent and oh, you have I all know. these questions for them. Because my question was, well, if you lead a hundred people, you can't 
logistically know everyone on this mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't understand how this mm-hmm. works because most leaders asking these questions start to lead a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, what I've come to believe over time and through coaching leaders is I think you, that's where you got to put in layers. Absolutely. So if you, if you actually thing, yeah. lead 20 people, like direct reports to you, it's too many. You can't yeah. know all of them on that level. And yeah. thus, what you resort to is leadership frameworks and tactics that you apply blanket to everybody the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely a need for some amount of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you if you take the cookie, cookie cutter approach in things like communication styles, mm-hmm. it ain't going to go well. And so no. mm-hmm. I would always work with that leader to like, how could you narrow down the amount of direct reports you have and yeah. create a layer. Maybe you right. just have four people and yeah. the rest yeah. report to those four. Yeah. Um, and then you're kind of leading those four better and kind of training mm-hmm. them on how to lead the ones mm-hmm. under them the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. It's that if your company can set it up as a structure like that, that's the best way. That's the best way to do it. If you still have a large group though, the way that I would encourage people is to just even in the moments when you're having a one-on-one conversation with any human being, mm. just quiet your inner loud voice mm. and just notice, just start just picking up on little things like what are the things that they consistently say? And I tell people, write it down. Like if you have, you just make a quick note or they tend to come back to me with their mm. thoughts later. Or I've noticed that they write a better email than have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> just small observations will mm. help you lead differently. Just don't assume just even if you just lead with the assumption of not assuming that everyone thinks like you, you will be a better leader. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I recently went, um, actually when I was at that same PR mm. group recently, mm-hmm. I, I was there early and they had another speaker going before me, which I, Steve knows I freaking love because I get to observe someone else being a speaker and have mm-hmm. a moment of observation mm-hmm. or a moment of learning or checking in with what do I appreciate about them as a speaker? Mm-hmm. Well, this particular topic was on diversity and inclusion. And I guess they had had this group come in six times throughout the entire year. It was like little mini trainings over diversity and inclusion for this for this company. I think they called it DEI. Everybody has a little bit of a spin yeah. there. And one of the things that the, the, the two women leading had them talk about was, what is your, and you may be like, where are you going here? I promise I have something. She said, every single one of us has a privilege. Mm. And every single one of us has a poverty. And she made the small groups share their privilege and share their poverty. It was like some people who the poverty one was the hardest because people feel like yeah. it feels like such an extreme word, uh-huh. right? Sure, but we yeah. all have something compared mm. to. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, what she was trying to pull out, there was some themes. Um, some people said that their poverty was that they were raised in the middle of Kansas with nothing else to do but this, their high school and maybe two shops. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas other people who they worked with who were raised in Chicago just already bring to the workplace a different, mm. in their mind, maybe better mm. mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So my point there is, is our backgrounds in and of itself is a difference to be aware of. Mm. Where you were raised, what part of the country you're from, mm. right? Um, your own family dynamics, those will all bring into play mm. what they show up for that you also need to just listen for. Yeah. That was one. So different backgrounds, skills, 
why is it that I can do something really easy and it, you're like, oh my gosh, that was so hard for me? Or why is it that you can do something so fast and amazing? And I'm like, that took me three hours. Mm. Just notice that not everyone is great at all skills. Mm. And don't assume that really, I love the way you do this, Steve, with us is that you really look for our sweet spots and let us lean more into those. I know. And I'm sitting here feeling the tension of like, but it's easy for me. I, I have know. a small team. <laughs> True. What do you true. say to the leader who's listening to this going like, how in the world do I do this for 10 people? I'm the busiest one on the team. Yeah. They're all different. They all mm -hmm. want me to change who I am to, to meet who they feel, are. Right, right. Like, where do they go? Where do you go with that? I think I'm just going to go back to your first one is the first one is that I don't. I think you should have a team of four or five that do that for you uh -huh. if you're that high up as a leader. However, if you have a team of 10, I do think it's just about how important is it to you? If it's important to you, then in your one-on-ones, you're just going to keep notes. You're just going to keep small notes mm. around what it is that you observe and notice. Okay, so that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, So I'm playing devil's advocate here. Sure. Like, all day long, I can't do this. Right. I can't weigh too much. And you can't mm -hmm. adjust yourself all day long. Mm -hmm. But if I could isolate it to just my one-on-ones, -on -one -one there's a yeah. starting point. Like, yeah. Every time I get in a one-on-one, -on -one, I'm going to be like, okay, change mode right in this here meeting, comes that I'm extrovert approach it differently <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. think about their yeah. needs absolutely after the one-on-one -on -one, turn it off and go back to be myself yes it's too exhausting to do that all day yep yeah and you don't meet with those people all day either too. right but i think where it really counts great call out there is in your one-on-ones that's a that's a very tangible that to one. me is a very tangible starting mm -hmm. point yeah mm. yeah some people are like mm. what are one-on-ones <laughs> yeah yeah we've worked with companies that hadn't even started those yet yeah they but are, I think that's part of why they're yeah. so helpful. It's like it is a designated time and place mm. to yeah. do these things that need to be done regularly, but you're usually too busy yeah. to do mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that just come. Oh, some just need a lot of explanation. Some don't want any explanation at all. Some trust easy. Some don't trust quickly. They like earn. They want to earn trust. Some are really open to authority and some buck authority. I was just thinking about those. Any other ones that come to your mind at all? Um, yeah, sometimes people, I mean, I'm still thinking on the personality assessment track, and a lot of them point out what people need mm -hmm. in order to, you know, go get the job done. Right. And those can be so vastly different that, yeah, that's mm -hmm. a helpful one to know because it's literally what the workplace is, is like people delegating work to other people. Yep. And if they don't have what they need, they can't do it. Yep. I very much need lots of context. If you give me the lay of the land, I can go do anything. Mm -hmm. But I often in my first jobs would get no lay of the land. Yeah. And then they'd be like, go. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Or some people need the opposite. They need to just like um, have a very clear defined goal and like take off running. Mm -hmm. Context throws them off. They're like, mm -hmm. stop telling me all this stuff. Or some people really need to kind of have like, a clear plan mm -hmm. of action. There's a few different yeah. ones. You, you said that's so good because if you think about it, your, your next episode, I think, is a little bit talking about a little bit of advocating for yourself. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. And advocating for yourself comes up all the time in coaching. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're a leader and you're having thoughts, but you're also under a leader, either way, voice what it is that you need more or less mm -hmm. of. Yeah. So if you notice that every time we get in, I explain the run out of things and you're like i don't need all that hmm. just say hey by the way i'm not one that needs all those details i'm good with just some bullet points there yeah. don't be afraid to share what on both sides as a leader and as a listener what you need and i know that the ones that are being led feel afraid to tell their leaders that yeah. 
but they really, a good leader wants it. This is so funny. I'm thinking about how often this comes up in workshops with teams. It's so funny to me how often the, any problem in the workplace can be solved with just like talking about how we do the work. We but we breeze by that because so we're all busy yeah. doing the work. Yeah. It's like if you just took 20 seconds and talked about like, hey, yeah. actually, when you come and give me this stuff, you don't need to explain all that. Right. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Cool. So how do you? And then done, like a huge yeah. conflict is solved. Yep. Instead, we let it boil up for five years and, and then, then quit, quit and everyone's angry. And <laughs> <laughs> it's literally how it happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, also the other thing you and I joke about all the time about is how many things can be solved by simply asking. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly what you said. It's like, just ask. Just ask. But when this, in doubt, ask. Just ask. Yeah. That terrifies people and people don't go there. They don't research yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to belabor this. Know yourself. No others start to observe, but I have five just just steps towards stepping into it. That doesn't feel, it's a little bit of his mindset. Number one is just familiar yourself with the basics of human diversity, which is what we just talked about. Just mm-hmm. understand that the list above is just a small list. And if you understand that you're different and others are different, that's step one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Number two, also value their differences. Instead of tolerating their differences, yeah. value them. Learn to value the way. And especially if you're patient with someone, and, oh man, you probably have hired someone or worked with someone before where at first you're like, I'm not sure this is going to work out. There's just such a difference in the way that they approach mm-hmm. the work. But if you're patient as a leader and figure out what is the issue and what's holding them back or motivating, sometimes you could have this incredibly shiny star under there, but your initial response was they were so different from you that you weren't sure you could even work together. Mm-hmm. But just keep pulling from them to find their best sweet spot. Yeah. So value it. Value it. Yeah, that's a big one. Number three is just as a leader, have an onboarding process that includes the getting. So people, what do you think of when you think of onboarding process? Like people say what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so often either um, just like a huge handbook that doesn't actually get used <laughs> oh or God. it's non-existent. Yeah. Either way, it's just it's not realistic and actually helpful. Yeah. But like these questions are very helpful yeah. and help you to shortcut a lot mm-hmm. of those um, problems. Mm-hmm. So have a good conversation around revisiting what you want your onboarding process to be besides here's your computer, here's how you use it. Here's your, let your onboarding process be who are you as a person and hey, by the way, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So it could look like a series of five or six questions that you consistently ask uh, people as they come in and also a consistent personality assessment that you get and then you share with the team and the team also shares theirs. Like, so every time it's someone tired, you'll be like, Hey, just going back to insights again. So this group over here, we have greens and a lot, very red heavy teen. Welcome. You're the only blue. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really needed you, yeah. you know? And it's also great questions for one-on-ones. We've already said that, but I want to highlight that because we often hear like, I don't know what to do in my one-on-ones. It just becomes status updates. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any good questions to ask or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, some of these simple questions, not mm-hmm. only are they good because they are, you know, it's information you need. More important than that is it creates the awareness for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we see as coaches is most of the time you're like, hey, what's your, what did you ask us earlier? Like, what's your um, motivation mm-hmm. style? Yeah. yeah. And we both sat there like, oh yeah, yeah. good question. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's often what happens is people yeah. are like, I've never thought about it. Sure. So here it is causing problems and hiccups and rub you know, bumps all the time every day in the work. Yeah. All the dysfunction stems from these things. And then we're all like, oh, I've never thought about that. <laughs> it's like, so even just the the 
act, the act of thinking about it for the first time mm. yeah. can open a whole, mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. bunch of good mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, in our downloads, I will have a list of at least five questions for you to just start with. You can change them relative to the culture of your company. But some people are like, could you just give me a starting place? That's good. And that's helpful if you don't really have the time or budget or ability to do like a whole mm-hmm. personality assessment. Yeah. And I'll also list the top personality assessments that we've used that we've noticed have been successful. Those to, just as a starting place there. But by the way, think about it. If you're hired into a company and they take that much time to get to know you, how ready? What are you feeling? Like, I'm feeling like I'm so happy about my choice mm. that you you wanted to know how I work. And, and and you wanted me to know how you work. Yeah. So number four is, um, why, this is not going to happen overnight. So just from that onboarding process, you're not going to be like, we get each other. It's not going to happen. In your one-on-ones and delegating work, just make sure the expectations are clear about the work because that is how you're going to figure out how this person best ticks. That's a great point. Say yeah. a little more about that though. So when I... When I give you a project, I might say something like, what did you hear? What did you hear the timelines were? Is there anything you need more or less of to get this project done? Um, how does the timeline feel? Uh, what, what did you hear me say the timeline was? Think, thinking about um, all of, everything I can think of around that project to make sure I understand. Because you know, we've all been given projects before and been like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, got it. Yeah. And then you get into it. It's like, oh. I don't so have it. The space <laughs> yeah. to say do and the safety. Right. We talk about how everyone needs safety and trust. Everyone's always yeah. asking, create it right away. What about that project or assignment that I gave you is giving you some reserve? Mm-hmm. What about it are you excited about? Yeah. What do you need help well, with? Well, what think? I love there is that very question creates some safety and trust. Mm-hmm. I always get a little irked when we're talking about that topic and people will be be like, but it takes like years to build safety and trust. You have to like show over and over that you follow through on what you said you'd do and that you're a trustworthy person. I'm like, yes, like in the perfect, you know, utopian sense of it. Sure. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But like a tiny thing like asking, all right, what did you hear me say? Let me make sure we're on the same page. Yep. Boom, that built some mm-hmm. safety and trust. Mm-hmm. It's like those little things help a lot. You don't mm-hmm. have to wait till yeah. it's perfect. You don't. My last one, number five, is just... Debrief. So again, just like I said, expectations after every project or every big goal that your group has worked with, debrief the crud out of it. Mm-hmm. How did that feel to you? Is there anything you'd like to change about? It's like what you're noticing is how they, they're different from you and what they need more or less of moving forward. Right. So always clear expectations and a great debrief. Yeah. Resist around. the urge to move on too quickly and then yeah. just keep making the same mistakes yeah. over and over. And then forever they're frustrated and then you lose this really great person that could have just, you know, one or two conversations could have removed the frustration. You know what I always think? Because I always feel like, oh, there's not enough time for that. What? You know who does this so well is certain branches of the military, mm, like a SEAL team. They mm-hmm. will never not debrief Never how something went. No. Mm-hmm. Who has less time in the... I mean... If anyone has urgent things going on, <laughs> it's people <They> <laughs> in those roles. So like yeah. if they have the time to always debrief, I'm pretty sure like well, in our office job. And think job, about how critical debrief. their debrief is too. It's life or death, the yeah. debriefing that they're doing often. And so if they miss the debrief, something to prepare for the next thing, we might have lost a life here. So yeah. like they do, they do it well. Yeah. 
Um, the last framework that I just want to show you that's talk about that's not part of the five, and I'm not actually going to go into it just because it's so many personality assessments, but I know that one of our team members recently delivered a workshop on the working genius Mm -hmm. and the three words on a slide that really stood out to me that were just like, Oh my gosh, if you could just figure out who shines in these three words, (laughs) it would just help you so much, which is, uh, ideation, activation and implementation like who on the team is great at the ideas who's great at the act who's great at the implementation if you could just even create that as a rhythm of conversation because you put me into the 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 third one too much the implementation and you're going to notice that i'm i'm struggling right but you put me in ideation same as you you know and activation those are going to be the two that i implementation is going to be my hardest one yeah i i agree because i think one of the many one of many negative consequences of the the work system we have now with it's like uh performance management systems and stuff is we expect we're we're trying to mold everyone into a perfectly well-balanced human <laughs> with <laughs> equal amounts of all four of those colors oh, lord that's I actually know. what the system is built to do yes but it's completely wrong in my yeah. opinion it's completely wrong because you can't get everyone perfectly balanced and you actually don't want that anyway. I'd rather have you shine at what you're great yeah. at, you shine at what you're yeah. great at. And me sh- I agree. But when subconsciously we're expecting everyone to be perfectly balanced, then we get frustrated they're mm-hmm. not, which they never will be. So no, never. I-, I like that. Awareness of the other type is different than trying to become it. Right. Yeah. So after all of this, we gave some practical tips, but if you just remember that the bottom line is to just not assume that people work their best work the way that you do, you will already win as a leader and leading people who are different than you. And I always remember that as a leader, it's just, it's not really about me. If I'm truly a leader, it's actually about you. So where Greenhouse can help if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I love some of these ideas. You A, there's always an option to pick up a coaching session to just having a personal personality assessment done for you if you're in that, like, I just want to know myself. But we also do tons of team workshops where we come in and we will do the assessment, gather all the information and have a really great time delivering the results so that your team can better know each other. 